Jessica Lesson here from The Information. Next, in our series from our Subscriber Summit, I interview Apoorva Mehta, the CEO of Instacart. I really enjoyed this interview for a couple of reasons. First, got some great color about what it was like to hear that Amazon had acquired Whole Foods, uh, which was one of Instacart's most important customers, as well as talking through just what it's like to be running a large, fast-going private tech startup during these interesting times in the markets. I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening. Many of you, I'm sure a huge slew of you are Instacart customers in this audience, so we know the brand. Um, you started the company out of Y Combinator That's in right. 2012. That's Am I right. getting my facts right? Good. And um, yeah, tell us quickly, uh, what were you doing before? Why um, grocery, why at that time? And yeah. then we'll zoom to the present. Yeah. Um, um, so guys, I, I grew up um, in a small town in Canada. Um, and uh, one of the memories that I, I have um, is that my mom and I, every single Sunday, uh, we would bus, we would take the bus to the grocery store. Um, and, um, and I did that for many, many years. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to 2012, uh, I was living here in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was really busy or was working. Um, one of the things I realized was that everything had moved online. I was buying uh, books uh, from Amazon. Uh, I was even finding transportation through Uber, right, online. But the one thing that everyone had to do every single week Grocery shopping, we were still doing in the most inefficient way possible. Um, I remember one time, I uh, you know I was in my apartment. I I went to my kitchen, opened my fridge, and then I saw that the only thing that I had in my fridge was a bottle of sriracha. <laughs> You're like, time to build an app. That's the reaction everybody has. Um, I mean, uh, look, sriracha is great. Yeah, uh, but you can't make dinner out of it. No. Right? Um, uh, anyway, so at that point, to me, I, 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 the, the way I thought about it was that you know, most people um, eat 21 meals a week, give or take, right? Um, and most of those meals come from grocery stores. But the way we're shopping for groceries hasn't changed for over 100 years. And so the way I was thinking about it was that if you could create a completely new, new grocery store on your smartphone, that could be fundamentally better than anything that's out there. And so that's what we wanted to do, and that's what we're doing today. That's awesome. And so, and if you fast forward now, I'd argue that's sort of obvious to people, right? I mean, like, so you, you've seen from being an early mover into this, obviously, Amazon try and get in in a big way, lots of other competitors. Yeah. I think I saw you're still 50% plus of the grocery delivery market, so you guys are still the leader, but Take us a little bit into the competitive landscape yeah. right now. Um, how do you think of these new competitors? Yeah. How's that forced you to adjust your focus? Yeah, of course, of course. So look, um, you know, a lot of people don't know about this, but grocery is a trillion dollar market, right? In that's just North America. And so competition in a trillion dollar market is inevitable. It's going to happen. What we think about and how we think about the, this whole vertical is that at the end of the day, customers need to pick us. And the way they're going to pick us is if we have the best grocery shopping experience, right? And the experience all the same, though. I mean, like, see, is, that's that. Okay. So that's so let's go into that, okay. right? Um, uh, so fundamentally, um, 
you know, when, when, when customers think about grocery, when think about, people think about food, right? To them, one of the things that matters most is where it comes from, right? Um, and today, the best retailers in the United States, in Canada, and in all the markets that we work with, work with Instacart, and exclusively with Instacart. So today, um, for example, if you're, you live in upstate New York, the best grocer there by far is Wegmans, and they work exclusively with Instacart. In Miami, that's Publix, they work exclusively with Instacart. And that's kind of the case regardless if you're a mom and pop retailer uh, out of the, the Mission, for example, mm -hmm. or if you're a Costco or a Sam's Club uh, as, a, as sort of a, a warehouse provider uh, a, across the country. Um, and okay, so why do they still work with you guys? What, what can you give them? So it's, so it's actually uh, not just them. Um, uh, today, um, you know, again, a lot of people don't know about this, but uh, you know, more than 50% of the grocery stores in the United States are delivering from Instacart. Um, and uh, and it, it's, it's really interesting. The reason why um, a lot of these grocery retailers uh, work with us and um, a lot of customers uh, pick us is because grocery delivery is very, very hard. A lot of, you know, when customers order their groceries and they, they you know, in an hour or so, they'll show up at your door, you know, it's a magical experience and, and you know, you, 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 you have a great day after that, right? Um, but what a lot of people don't uh, see is what happens behind the scenes, right? In order to actually make the grocery delivery experience great, right, there's a lot that has to happen behind the scenes to, to make sure the grocery uh, are, are on time, they are, uh, they, are, they are delivered with high quality, and we make money uh, doing that. And the, all those things are really, really hard, given the fact that we're delivering um, things like uh, you know, frozen ice cream or, or salmon or, or uh, uh, ripe avocados. Right? Doing that is really, really difficult. It's much harder to do than you know, delivering a burrito, for example. Mm -hmm. right? um, and doing that, especially at grocery stores, where most of them actually don't know what's in stock at any given point in time, right? So creating that experience is very, very difficult. And you know, we've been doing this for, for, for some time, and, um, and, and that experience and getting that to be right is something that we care about. And for us, it's sort of the core business. Mm -hmm. what, to what degree has Amazon buying Whole Foods affected your business? Um, actually, um, you know, it, 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 at first, it wasn't clear. When Amazon bought Whole Foods, which was our largest partner at that point in time, um, it wasn't clear to us uh, what that would do for us. Um, uh, I remember um, Whole Foods was one of our earliest partners. And at, at, a, you know, at one point, they had about 65% of the overall Instacart business. Did you have a heads right. up about the acquisition, or did you just like read it in the press like the rest of us? Uh, it, it, interestingly, the, the, the call uh, uh, you know, happened um, uh, right as I was refreshing the, my, my, my browser, um, and I was seeing the headline while I was hearing it from the CEO. Wow. Um, uh, anyway, um, you know, so it's, it went from 65% of our market share, right, uh, uh, of Instacart's market share, uh, to a point where as soon as that news happened, um, uh, every single grocery retailer uh, in the country, uh, whether it was Kroger, whether it was Costco, whether it was Safeway, uh, and many, many others uh, uh, started to call us. Mm. Um, 
you know, within weeks, within months uh, after that, we had a partnership with effectively every single grocery retailer, uh, you know, outside of Whole Foods. Um, and so scared your scared everyone to come to you, the ones who weren't already. That's right. So yeah. if you if you think about the grocery market, right? Um, you know, put online aside, right? Online is a very small portion of the overall grocery market. Amazon uh, at Whole Foods is is effectively 1.7 percent of the overall market. Walmart is 18 percent of the overall market, right? That means that today, 80 percent of the groceries are actually bought at retailers like the, the, the mom and pop retailers in, 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 in the Mission, uh, the, the, you know, the, the regional family-owned, privately held grocers like the, the Publix or the Wegmans in, 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 the, in the Southeast and in, in, in New York, uh, or the Kroger's and the Albertsons uh, uh, across the country. And those are the grocers mm. that we want to support. And those are the ones that are on our platform. And what we are seeing is that customers want those groceries, and that's what we deliver. Awesome. So let's dig into your business yes, model a little bit. And I like to call this part of the conversation the we're not Uber part of the conversation, <laughs> because not just you, but these days, whenever I talk to a large private marketplace company yeah. that's doing well, they go, let me tell you the three reasons we're not Uber. So what are the three, the three reasons, reasons that um, you're not Uber? <laughs> or the other way of saying it, you guys do have, uh, uh, you have multiple revenue streams, sure. so take us through them. Of course. Um, uh, well, look, you know, I think there's, of course, a, sort of a lot of generalization, right? When you think about tech, when you think about on-demand companies, right? Um, and, you know, in, in some ways, it actually kind of makes sense, right? Uh, but if you dig deeper, one of the things you realize is that, actually, you have to really understand the unit economics of a company. Where does the, where does the revenue come from? What are the costs associated with it, right? For Instacart, um, uh, Instacart is actually a four-sided marketplace. Uh, for example, on Uber, it's a two-sided marketplace where you have the driver and the rider. Uh, on Instacart, we have the customer who's ordering their groceries. Uh, we have the person who's picking and delivering those groceries. But we also have the retailers that we partner with, as well as the advertisers that we work with. And you can make money from each of those. We, we pay the shoppers, of course. Yes. Right. right. Uh, um, uh, these are the people who pick and so deliver the groceries. Three revenue streams, four sides. That's right. Um, and so, so what makes it very interesting in, um, is that is the advertising piece, right? Um, uh, and I think that's what you're looking for. Is that uh, oh no? That I the think answer? this is all interesting. <laughs> There's no right answer. Um, um, uh, so the the, yeah. the the advertising piece is very interesting. Um, uh, you know, if you step back, um, uh, there's about two hundred billion dollars worth of advertising spend that happens every year by the consumer packaged goods companies like the the P&G, like Unilever, Coca-Cola, and many others. Um, in fact, so, some of the largest advertisers on Google and Facebook are the P&G and, 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 and Unilevers uh, of the world. Um, on Instacart, what's really cool is that because the transaction happens on Instacart, the advertisers can connect the dots very clearly to what the advertising was to what the transaction was. Um, it's like AdWords for groceries. Uh, on Instacart, on average, customers search about 20 to 25 times before placing an order. Right? All those searches can be converted uh, into uh, advertising revenue. Um, today, we work with um, over 1,000 brands, uh, you know, all the way from Tide to Coca-Cola to many, many others. Um, and uh, this is a big and growing portion of our revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, How big? 
How growing? <laughs> uh, 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 very big and, and growing fast. <laughs> Got it. There you go. Um, you recently hired an executive from Amazon. That's right. Is That's that? Right. So, so yeah, um, so this, the, the sales team for advertising has grown by about 5x uh, in the last six months. Uh, you know, the same with product and engineering side. Um, we just brought on our first chief revenue officer, uh, Seth uh, Delaire, who led all of ad sales for Amazon. Um, so super excited uh, to, to have him here. But the reality is we have a long, long way to go, and we're going to keep investing in this because... Uh, what this allows us to do is keep the prices for the customers very, very low um, uh, while making sure that we have a sustainable business. Yep, awesome. So we, we've talked a little bit about um, today about valuations, public companies, private companies, big topic of yeah. conversation. Um, you guys are in that camp of these big, um, maybe last valued at $7 billion-ish. I don't know if you've commented ish, on that. Yeah, ish, yeah. okay. Um, last fundraise was... I forget when, a couple years ago? Uh, I think it was last year. Last year, yeah. okay, you would know. I mean. yeah. um, so how do you think about um, if you need capital again? Yeah. Do you, uh, what do you think of the private markets? Do you still feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the late stage? Um, when do you want to go public? Yeah, um, lots of questions in there. Yeah, um, throw them all at you. Uh, uh, look, so, so um, the way we think about this at the end of the day is that um, uh, evaluation uh, now, later, um, is, is fundamentally uh, going to be a multiple of earnings, right? Um, and uh, in, in, at the end of the day, um, for us... That's good. You don't think of it as a multiple of revenue, which many companies are thinking <laughs> right now, so that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and so the, the way we think about this is that what we want to go create is a, a, a sustainable long-term business. And that means that we need to continue to focus on growth, mm -hmm. and we need to continue to focus on profitability, right? That, and, and, and doing that for the long term is actually very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, and so setting a plan quarter after quarter and delivering on that is how we run our business, uh, regardless of if it's private or public. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, uh, it, you know, it, it is truly the is that. profitable? So, uh, uh, you know, on our, on our deliveries, uh, we make money. Um, and... Um, uh, and it's not like, you know, the last week, because the weather was really nice, we made money. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, uh, you know, we've been doing that for several years at mm -hmm. this point in time. Um, and today, uh, uh, you know, we deliver uh, everywhere from, like, you know, Lubbock, Texas to Anchorage, Alaska. You can get your groceries delivered within one hour uh, across the country. Um, uh, and doing that, uh, you know, while making sure that deliveries are profitable is actually very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're excited that we have been able to do that. Um, but it, it, it now we want to continue to grow and also focus on profitability at the same time. Got it. And so when you just observe what we've seen in, say, the last six months of IPOs, yeah. like, what's your reaction to it? Is it, eh, doesn't matter? Is it, oh, that might affect our thinking in some ways? And Look, so, you know, of course there's just um, there's a lot of uh, news out there, and it's sort of, it, it's hard to even keep up uh, at some point. Um, but the, the, honestly, the way we think about this is that um, IPO is, a, is an important milestone. Um, but if you look at companies uh, like Facebook, like Google, uh, like Square, um, those are three companies that, that had terrible IPOs. Um, but today, I don't think any of us would say that those are, uh, companies are actually doing poorly. They're doing quite well. Um, and so the IPO is a moment in time. Um, but the companies that do really, really well Make sure that they deliver on growth and profitability mm -hmm. 
every single quarter, right? Um, and that's the company that we want to do. And so as much as we think about the IPO, the, you know, the reality is what we are really focused on is, is creating a long-term sustainable business. And I, I, I understand that, you know, that might be boring to some people, but we really focus on that. Do you think a direct listing would be interesting? Um, uh, look, of course, there's like a lot of, lot, of, lot of conversation about that. And, you know, to a certain extent, we've been uh, really thinking about um, the pros and cons of a direct listing as well as, um, you know, what, what a normal IPO process uh, could be like. Um, but honestly, this is not something that we're focusing a lot of time on. Um, uh, there is, you know, a lot that we need to do. To, to give you some perspective, um, you, you mentioned that um, we have 50% of the market share. Uh, you know, today we're the largest grocery delivery company in the world, even though we're only in United States and Canada. Um, but if you look at it from the perspective of there's, you know, truly like nearly a trillion dollars worth of groceries that are bought every year, we are, from that perspective, we're actually a really, you know, we're so small when you think about it from that perspective. And so we just have so much to grow, so much, uh, uh, you know, uh, to do for our customers that um, we really don't focus on, 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 on that question as much. Um, I'm going to ask one and then we'll open it up. And um, The AB5 freelancer yeah. contractor law, yeah. um, what are your views on it? Yeah, um, uh, so, um, you know, um, there's about, uh, there's about a million people, more than a million people in California alone um, that are working on platforms, working on apps like Uber, Lyft, and Instacart, and, and, and many others. Um, and um, these are completely new type of, uh, uh, you know, uh, working arrangements that have never existed before, right? Um, and... Um, and when you talk to these people, right, when you actually ask them, what, like, why do you use this, right? And in fact, I'm sure many of you guys have talked to, you know, your own Uber drivers or your Instacart delivery people. Um, one of the things they'll tell you is that the main reason is because they have the, they have the flexibility to earn, uh, uh, you know, earn money at their own terms, right? That is the most important thing for them. Um, and we think that that's, that's so critical, right? And we shouldn't try to force fit this industry into some sort of a structure that was literally invented 100 years ago for the purpose of factory work. And so we think that the best thing to do is figure out a way that actually retains the flexibility while making sure there's some strong protections in place, whether it's related to benefits, whether it's related to, to, to earnings. And, and so we believe that that's sort of what we want to get to, um, and we're in active conversations with the, the legislation uh, in California, as well as all for uh, the peer group of companies to actually make that happen. Do you think the law will change? I mean, do you anticipate that there'll be sort of, that it will evolve in that direction? I mean, I think Uber and Lyft came out and basically said, well, they said this doesn't apply to us because yeah. we don't use drivers or something crazy, but um, <laughs> is yeah. there, that's almost a direct quote, but like, um, what do you think the status of it is? What's the likelihood that it's going to get to a place where, yeah. I mean, I guess the real issue is if you had to give 
all your shoppers sort of full benefits, right? That would have a meaningful impact to the business? Or is that what you're trying to avoid? What are you trying to avoid? Look, actually, candidly, like we, we want to provide benefits. We want uh, to provide strong uh, wage protections for, for all, uh, all of our shoppers. And, and it's not just us. It's all the, 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 all of the peer set of companies actually want to do that. Um, and we also want to make sure they have the flexibility. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the way we think about this is that um, uh, this is going to take at least one to two years uh, you know, to, to, of, of conversations with the, with the, the labor unions, with the, the government, uh, and with all the, the companies in this space to actually figure out a solution that works for the millions of people who are on this platform. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's, it's actually very early to speculate. Um, there's a lot of conversations that are happening um, on a daily basis. And you know, the, the good thing, the, 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 the thing, the reason I'm excited about this is that, that finally the conversations are happening. For the last uh, you know, 10 years or so, it's been just you know, uh, speculation. Now, finally, the conversations Would are Would you beginning. rather have federal regulation on this versus state regulation or? <laughs> what I'd rather have is clarity. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and I think that you know, I think all, all of us, uh, uh, you know, from uh, all the companies, what they want at the end of the day is provide a clarity for and and, and, and something that the workers actually want, um, and uh, and so that's what we hope that where where we get to. Awesome. Okay. Any questions for Apoorva? Um And let's try and get the mics. Do we have? Excellent. We can repeat the the first. Um, Jay, why don't you hop down and then um, we'll get the. Next mic right there, so we'll keep it flowing. Thanks. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Angie Dalton from Signum Global Advisors. So just on the topic of regulation, are you thinking about um, the Privacy Act and how that might impact the advertising side of your business, or is it too nebulous at this point? And which Privacy Act are you talking about? The California one? California. There's a, there's a you know, lot of people in Congress who are talking about a federal Privacy Act as well. So I know that that's not set, but just wondering if that plays into your advertising strategy. Yeah, that's a very good question. And um, look, we um, uh, it, let me tell you a little bit about our, our, our advertising and how that works. Um, uh, so today um, on Instacart, um, uh, you know, if you log in, um, any customer may see you know uh, more than ten million sales, right? Um, and um, in all the stores that we have, in all the, the, the areas that we service. Um, and you know, uh, there's an entire section for coupons on Instacart. Um, those coupons not only provide customers a savings element, right? So you can actually see that you have uh, a couple dollars off uh, a purchase that you're making, but those also allow the brands to acquire a new customer, right? Um, and, uh, and so, so that is one way our, our advertising works, um, in addition to search and other products. And what we have found is that, um, at least uh, so far, uh, the, the, the privacy uh, questions for us are, are actually um, you know, much more beneficial for the customers. Um, and so we, we haven't run into that challenge. Exactly. So you're targeting the ads that a customer is seeing are targeted based on their what? Uh, so based on their past uh, 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 purchase, purchase history on Instacart itself. Um, and that allows us to be, one, just be, uh, uh, you know, uh, help the, the customer better, um, uh, but also not run into m many of these regulatory challenges. Got it. Okay, we had one over here. 
And then we'll come down here afterwards. Thank you. Hi, I'm Hemant Bhargava. I'm a professor at UC Davis. I teach uh, platform competition and strategy to my students. So I want to pick up on this point about four-sided marketplace and get back to the regulation issue, which is a, a sort of a play on Ubers. We do not employ drivers. What if you were to look at your four-sided marketplace and say the shoppers are really our customers, <laughs> and what we're doing is providing them a service to earn some money by delivering from vitamins right. to somebody's home, right? What, what do you think about that? And, and that they're not our employees, they're really customers. It, and you're asking, oh, how do I think about it? How do the, the regulatory bodies think, think about, about it? You think about making that comment or observation as a point against the regulation um, issue. Uh, I think we can make that point. I don't think it's going to work. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that um, uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, um, uh, you know, the, the, the way we have classified these, these people and, um, uh, and, and um, uh, from day one and so as uh, every other company are, is that they're independent contractors. Um, uh, and, um, and so we think that that's the, the, the right way to classify uh, uh, people rather than them being customers. Um, uh, when we think about it internally, uh, we look at them as customers because we want to make sure that we have the right experience for them uh, and, and we are improving the experience just like we would for our customers. Um, uh, but you know, from a regulatory standpoint, unfortunately, it's, it, it really is a sort of an independent contractor model. Maybe last question down here. Hi, I'm Linda from Ernst & Young's Strategy Management Consulting Practice. I think something I was just thinking about is, I think it's really fat, you know, really excited about your advertising side of the business. And I was just curious if, um, you know, grocery stores are coming to you and asking you, what are some trends that you see yeah. within our organization, et cetera, and, and what are the opportunities that you see that you can partner with um, these you know, grocery stores to help them do their business better? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. So um, uh, a few years ago, um, I was presenting to the Whole Foods board. Um, and, um, you know, one of the questions they asked me um, was, um, what are some insights that you can provide me uh, uh, about our store uh, that we might not know? Um, and, um, you know, I pulled up our dashboard that showed um, what people are searching for uh, but are not finding at that store. And one of the things that, that people were searching for was Nutella. Um, <laughs> and uh, people in Whole Foods didn't carry Nutella. Um, and as a result, we could quantify how many sales, you know, in terms of dollars that they were losing. Mm. Um, and, and since then, we have actually done a lot here. Um, uh, we, can, we, we, we help uh, stores get better in terms of uh, their, the, the items that they do not have in stock. Uh, for example, we can tell retailers that blueberries at this store location are out of stock at 6 p.m. on a Sunday, um, and that's, what, that's when customers actually need them. Do you charge them more for that, or that's just a benefit of being on the platform? It's a, so, it's no, so we actually don't charge them more for that. Um, and our, our, what we want to do is actually not charge our customers more and not charge our, our retailers more. Um, we want more customers to be on our platform. We want uh, more retailers to be on our platform. And, and, and so we provide this analytics to them. Uh, and not just that, today, if you go to sort of most of the retailers' websites, if you go to Costco.com or Safeway.com or uh, Publix.com or Wegmans.com, you name it, most of those retailers' websites are actually powered by Instacart itself. Um, and so there's a, just, we really want to go deep in this, uh, in this category and really be the category leader when it comes to groceries.
Awesome. Okay, besides making me mildly hungry, this <laughs> conversation has been great. So, Aporva, thank awesome. you very much. Thank you. Yeah.